from a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Eric Dean Seaton is a two-time NAACP Image Award-nominated director and a 2014 Ohio State University Samella Lewis Professional Achievement Award winner who has directed over 200 television episodes from 38 different hit TV series. He's here at The Ohio State University for the first ever, I believe, SoulCon. Welcome to Craft. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy, happy to be here. It's really an honor. So tell me about a new book that you've got out, Legends of the Montemagi. Legends of the Montemagi is an uh, eight-year-in-the-making graphic novel series. Uh, it's the story of a shallow, conceited district attorney of New York who finds out he's the last in a race called the Mantamaji that used to protect us from the force of evil. So he's the last person you would ever want to be a hero, has to defend us against an evil sorcerer who's been resurrected in New York City and is posing as a religious leader. Okay. So there's a lot of really interesting things going on in there, starting with, uh, I love your description of the character, mm-hmm. you know, which is egotistical or, or arrogant or something like that. So he gets a little comeuppance by getting power. He does. He, 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 well, he, he wanted power, but all for the wrong reasons. Okay. You know, to be the mayor and all these things. And he's just very shallow and conceited. And he learns he has a great responsibility, for which obviously he rejects uh, at first. And then takes it on for the wrong reasons. And through the course of the uh, three-book series, uh, if he survives, maybe he becomes a better person. If he survives. If he survives. So there's uh, always the possibility that this will be a two-and-a-half-book series. Always. Always that possibility. <laughs> okay. So he also uh, has something in his background that is relevant to us being at The Ohio State University today for this talk. He graduated, as he, did you. He did. Ohio he graduated from The Ohio State University, as did I. Uh, and he's a proud uh, Buckeye. Uh, and then um, did his uh, graduate work at Stanford and then ended up in New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what sort of background do you uh, have in common with him through Ohio State? What parts of it do you say, I wanted him to be X, Y, or Z because I was X, Y, or Z when I was here? Without sounding overly corny but telling the honest truth, Ohio State changed my life. Like it was the first time I was at a place where I believed in my dreams and, and made my dreams come true. And it's still the greatest. I mean, the job I have now as a, as a working director is the true blessing and the, and the greatest thing I can do on a weekly basis. But nothing will beat my experience at Ohio State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that experience. What was it that uh, made it so great for you? What was it that brought that? It was the first time away from home. It was the freedom of responsibility, the freedom of choice, and to make my own choices and to see them come true. Um, I placed a fraternity. I was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. Well, I guess you're a lifetime member. Uh, so I was camaraderie with brothers because I didn't grow up with any brothers. Um, and, and it's funny, uh, I was telling this story to um, Teresa and David who have uh, been taking care of us uh, while we're here. Uh, I remember every little thing about Ohio State to the point where I remember my first car I got when I was at Ohio State, and I remember the two girls that insulted me in the two different places on campus about my car. <laughs> like, it's just, just the memories of the, the of everything. I, I just, How did they insult you about the car? Well, what was it about the car? I, it was a 1973 Dodge Palermo, so people can look it up. It was a giant green machine. It rolled eight deep, and for money on the weekends, I would lend it out to the football team, different players, to uh, take their girlfriends out on dates. <laughs> Which just the idea of lending your car out and you get the right, car back. Right, lending you know, so, it out. Yeah, so that shows four you how, dates. That's four dates. That shows you how responsible Ohio State football players are because I always got the car back, back. in the same condition. Uh, and I was um, picking up a girl from the towers, and they and I remember her saying, I remember her friends was like, "Is that that Alpha Eric Dean Seaton? I like him, but boy, I hate, I hate his car." Uh, and then the second time was I was driving down. 
uh, South Campus uh, Passing Park Hall. And, uh, you know, you know, you're trying to drive cool. You know, they're out playing basketball and everything because the courts are still there. Uh, the gym and all that stuff is new, but the courts are still there. And I remember some girl saying, why is he? T- why is his seatbelt on? And he's trying to uh, 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 scope out girls, you know, driving slow. So I just always remember. <laughs> Wait I a minute. Did, I remember everything about Ohio State. It's so you have state. to have your seatbelt off. You have to have your seatbelt off if you're being cool. cool. Leaning, if you're okay. leaning against your car, okay. you know, and you're driving slow, you have to have your seatbelt seat belt off. To yeah. show I'm not afraid of going through the windshield. Absolutely. I'm not afraid right. of dying to, to, be, to be cool. <laughs> Great. So you've come back um, and you're going to be in, uh, you've, been talking to folks about the soul con the black and brown comic expo Mm -hmm. because uh this is what the legends of the matamaji are about they're a comic book um and now a live action short absolutely we shot a live action short uh it took three days to shoot and six months to edit it and we did it in burbank california and it's um it's actually the first scene of the first book which is shocking to people because there's so much action the books really start off with him you automatically see him in action right away, which I thought was a. Uh, I, I always have this theory about um, new th- new things. Uh, if people have heard of it before, Hulk, Superman, the new Star Wars, whatever, you can wait forty five minutes before you show something because people know in the back of their head that you know whoever this guy is, he's eventually going to turn green, or Peter Parker is eventually going to become Spider Man. But if it's something new and people don't know, start right away. Start like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like right away, you're running from a giant ball. Okay. Um, and so that's what I did. I started the book just like that. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because my son uh, just watched uh, the first Star Trek movie mm-hmm. uh, and said something along the lines of, nothing happens in this movie. It's 45 minutes, I think that's yep. what he said, of a, of a pan of a starship. Yep. And uh, yep. I, said, uh, I like the idea. The original that, with Kirk, the first one? Yes, the original. Yes, that, was a, that was a ultimate. You know, people don't know that that was such a colossal failure in a way that the <laughs> second movie, Wrath of Khan, was shot for television. Really? And it's only after test screenings that they decided to release it as a movie and went back and added stuff. And that's why you don't see any scenes with Khan and Kirk in the same set. Wait a minute. They weren't on the same... Khan and Kirk are never in a scene together in the same room. In Wrath of Khan? In Wrath of Khan, they're never in the same room together. They had the whole thing... (laughs) You have to watch it. They have the whole thing through the monitors of their two ships. They're never in a scene together. That's hilarious because yeah. they, they added what? They, co- I, I don't what know who they, they added. Add, they added him later or they added more footage or whatever it was. But originally it was done um, as it was going to be a TV movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, it looks like a bad TV movie. But it's one of their so, best ones. What, the <laughs> first one? No, I mean, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The first one looks yes. like a. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Khan is a great movie. Yeah. I like that uh-huh. one. That's funny every, that it was shot. Oh, you know, every TV. even. Every, the even, even so, movies are yeah, the good ones. Right, yeah. Movies. And all the ones with numbers in Star Wars are bad. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> one, two, three, especially those last three. Oh, as a... As a uh, he's a genius, but you could tell that he took too many years off from directing. <laughs> I think he's he, a genius. I think he took too many years off from writing. Oh, the writing is what kills then. me because he he's then. got the worst dialogue in the world. Yeah. And then he's got, um, I thought so much of it was, was, I remember sitting in the movie theater we're getting off track here, but I remember sitting <laughs> in the movie theater looking at some of the characters going, are you kidding me? Yeah. This uh, Jar Jar Binks yeah, yeah. was so much of it was bad. But at any rate, moving back to something brilliant. Yes. Your books. Thank you. So tell me about, um, this is a different kind of comic book because you say it. Um, it's not totally different, but it has uh, a lead character who's yes, the African-American. Lead, the lead character is African-American and... Um, uh, I did that because growing up, I didn't. I, as an African American, I didn't see a lot of heroes that looked like me. Right. Uh, but it's a very multicultural book, and and the one catch is he's saving the world, not saving 
drugs out of the neighborhood. It's not something small. It's something big. It's the same thing James Bond does. The same thing Indiana Jones does. It's the same thing that all the big heroes do. He's saving the world, and that was important to me. That um, all the heroes. Uh, there's a lot of strong female characters. That was one of my rules. That be no. There could be no just. So you're not just the girlfriend, just the mother. Um, they had to be strong characters too. So everybody's a strong character, uh, which makes it very different and very interesting when you see all these women that are just. Even his girlfriend at one scene that she doesn't know he's a hero. She's she's a cop, and she's like, look, I'm the cop. You're the DA. Like you know, you can't protect me. Like she even tells him that. So like it's, it's something you would never see normally. Um, the the female character, be, you know, being equal to the male characters. Um, and it's and and like I said, it's it's multicultural in that there's all the races, uh, and you see them all doing something heroic and all being heroes. Okay. Or villains. Yeah. Or, okay. Well, good. As long yeah. as you've got villains yeah, yeah. Well, lots of in villains. there too. Yeah, yeah sure. I noticed in the live action that um, they all come with masks. They do. They come with masks. They are the New World Knights. They are the they are gang members. Basically, the the main villain Sirac uh, is posing as Brother Hope. A um, a uh, he's posing as a religious leader because you know you, you want to bring in the people. You know, you'd be a fake religious leader. Uh, and by night, there are these New World Knights. So basically, what he's done is he's taken the best of the the best of the worst gang members and and drug dealers and whatever and they all have different uh, uh colored masks from whatever sect they're from and they by night they do his bidding and by day by day they walk around as, as his disciples preaching the word of hope okay mm-hmm. so i'm curious about uh what you see as the arc for comics because you said that when you were a kid you didn't see anybody that looked like you right. or at least represented in the way that you went into with a strong character who was saving the world as opposed to like i mean i don't know how old you're but luke cage mm-hmm. was around but he was more like uh, uh what was it Heroes for Hire Heroes at, for at Hire. the time? I loved, and, yeah, I like Luke Cage and, right. and, and uh, Iron Fist, yeah. Right, but they didn't get to be, they were what they called the street level, yep. right? Yep. So it was never like the Avengers saving everybody coming down from raining fire from the heavens. Absolutely. And, and what people don't realize is that weighs on you in a way that you subliminally don't, when you don't see your, someone that looks like you, no matter what your race is or sex or creed, uh, doing the, same, the, the larger things, it weighs on you to the point where you don't think they can. And it also, more, just as importantly, it weighs on other people that they don't think they can. I mean, as a working director in Hollywood, I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories where people say, uh, America's not ready for that. You know, if, if, a, if a minority is doing something, it's like, what do you mean they're not ready for it? There are minorities out there doing it. Why? Because you don't believe it's true because you haven't seen it. I mean, you know, um, you think of different shows and different things in there, but, you know, you would always see... You, until Shonda Rhimes did Grey's Anatomy, you never really saw uh, minorities being sexy. You know, you would see the cop show where the minority was an authority, was a boss over the two younger cops. But he always had a family. You never saw, you always heard he had a family and a wife and all that, or she had a husband, but you never saw them being sexy. She was the first one that actually, with Grey's Anatomy, showed all the, all the bosses. The five interns were all Caucasian and one Asian, but all the bosses were African-American, and they were sexy. Do you think that it's gotten better in, say, comic books? Because you're pointing out, you know, there's a little bit. I better. actually it? feel like comic books have a much longer way to go. Um, I actually don't think it's gotten better at all in comic books, except for the ones that people are trying to do. And the reason I say it doesn't hasn't gotten any better is because the uh, Marvel and DC are Americana. You know, uh, they're a part of our culture. Um, they're not doing new minority heroes. They're reinventing. They're they're taking heroes that were already there. And making them minorities, which is great because at least it's making it current. But they're not reintroducing new characters. They're bringing back Luke Cage. They're bringing back Black Panther, which is fantastic. Those were great characters. But they're not introducing anything new. Okay. I mean, like there's a um, 
is I think Spider Man is now a young African American. Yeah, uh, he's um, uh, I think he's Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican? black, half okay. Puerto Rican. So Miles Morales, he's he's one of the Spider Man. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, him yet, yeah. Yeah, because there's mm-hmm. now seven hundred different yeah. um, mm-hmm. variations of mm-hmm. each character. But is that um, do you see that as a positive? Or oh, I, I do think as a positive. I think it's great that there's a female Thor. I think it's great that Captain America is um, now black, which is was the Falcon. But I do see it as a move to open up to new audiences, something you already own that you're continuously already making money off of, then truly introducing something new. Okay. Uh, you know, and I think the real thing is to introduce something new that it could be exciting for everyone, you know, than just to take, just to find a new way to flip something you already own. Okay. So when you were writing the books and you're writing the comic books, um, then you had to go find somebody to draw it, right? I did. Uh, I did. So was, I wrote them eight years ago and then I, um, I interview for a lot of pilots uh, and I've directed a few pilots and I kind of do a real, uh, like a, like when you, go for, when you go for a movie, you do a whole presentation. And so I would always treat a pilot like it was a movie, like it was a presentation. So I always come with these presentations. So I had concept artists. And um, when I decided I wanted to do the book, I asked him about it, but he did not want to do it. But he recommended a friend of his, Brandon Palace, who I um, sent some sample pages to. Uh, and he, and I, what I did was, because I wanted to see what he could do outside of just drawing a cool hero, I sent there's a flashback scene in book one that tells about the Mantamaji from 3,000 years ago. I sent that scene because I didn't care whether he could draw my hero or not. I wanted to see if he could draw everybody else. You know, I know it's a little weird because yeah, I, I, realized, be- <laughs> I realized that my just because you always see pinups of people drawing cool superhero poses. I wanted to see him tell a story. And so this flashback told a story. You know, you see, you know, what happened, you know, how the, one of the Mantamaji went bad. Um, it's a full arcing story. It's like the whole, it's like the back history when they, in Star Wars, when he tells you about the Jedi from where they started. Okay. So that was really important to me. Um, so he did that. Uh, and that ended up in the book. That's how good it was. I, I didn't change a single thing. So uh, when you see something like that, you go from the story that you have in your mind. As a director, mm-hmm. I have to imagine that you've got a sense of, a strong sense of the visual. I do. This is what I want it to look like. And yet somebody else is drawing and filling in all that detail for you. You didn't change anything. So obviously you were happy. But tell me about, walk me through when you get those first couple pages. It's a, it's an interesting process because um, you write it like a script uh, and you write your description and you're very descriptive. Uh, and if you can send sample art, sample, sample ideas. But the images that I send the sample are, I send him the Valley of the Kings, you know, because that's a real place. And I say, this is where they live. And I sent him some, some pyramids and all that. So, and then I said, you know, I would love to see a city that just has pretty much everything but has to look like it was 3,000 years ago. And then you wait and you get um, thumbnail sketches and it's sloppy, but you can kind of make out what it is. And you say, okay, you know, because you don't want to, I always tell this as a director, don't be so locked in that you can't imagine. So I trust his imagination, and then I get the pencils, and then I can see it. Mm-hmm. And then I can add whatever. Then he inks it, and then it's there. So it would be a process like that. Like I would work all day, and I'd send him the script and different pages and different scenes, and then I'd get these thumb sketches, and I'd say, okay. And then the next night, there would be a pencil sketch, and the next night, I, and then I'd, there'd be, uh, we'd do a few pages, and then I'd be like, fine. And we did them by scenes. Um, so because I knew that I was still formulating the story, I was going to move things around. So he didn't number the book 1 to 200. He just numbered it 1 to 6, whatever the scene was. So every scene has a name. So that way I could move it around wherever I needed to. Uh, and then once he inked it, um, it was fantastic. So. But as creative people, as mm-hmm. artists, though, that sounds like a, a, great, um, a great arc for the story. 
but there wasn't a moment you said, ah, I want to, there was, I, I'm, I'm curious, that sounds like so many of the times I work with um, artists, there are these conflicts, and they say, oh, I wanted you to redo this or no, that. No, 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 <laughs> I, what I did was, I, there were some times that I had to redo some things, and we threw out all of book three, because it just wasn't epic enough. You know, so that to that actually extended it a whole year. Um, but what also what I did is not just say, no, this doesn't work. I would then, if something, if I got the page and something was missing, I would put a scan, put it in my computer and move the images around where I needed them and made new pages and left blank spaces saying, this is what I need here and why. Okay. And then he went in. So, so even after the book was written and he was drawing, we were still editing as we go. Was, I really made the books like you do TV where you shoot it and then you go into edit and you're moving scenes around and tightening things and cutting lines you don't need and adding okay. things. So, yeah. so let's uh, mm-hmm. take our last few minutes and, and turn to that part mm-hmm. of your uh, mm-hmm. career because you've been a very successful director and I noted today that you talked to some of the film students at the Ohio State I did. University. It was fun, yeah. What did you tell them? How do you say, like, here's how to be me, um, kids? Well, I told them the main thing I would tell them is I told them was um, don't wait till they're done with school to start pursuing what it is they want to do. If they if they know what they want to do, if they want to write for TV, start writing spec scripts of your favorite shows or find out what shows they are. There's contests to enter. There's scholarships. There's um, programs that they have. Enter them now. You know, um, if you're doing movies, I don't feel that you probably need to move to California. If films is, is your way, um, if you're writing, you could definitely don't have to. Or, or uh, directing, you can shoot here. Um, but if you are want to get into television, you probably need to pick either New York or California. Uh, maybe Chicago. And you have to find a way. You're going to have to start to work your way up. Um, and then I and for the directors, uh, if they definitely want to get into TV, um, shoot your face, shoot a scene from your favorite show. And then look at that favorite show and see the best way I can describe it is if you watch NCIS, which has been on for 12 years, whenever they get in that office, there's a sweeping master shot. It's always moving. Mm-hmm. So if you do a scene that's kind of like NCIS, uh, you better have a sweeping master shot. You know what I mean? And you better have a crane. You better have I a mean, crane or somehow <laughs> some way to do it. Yeah. Right. Because that's yeah. the hard part. Yeah, I mean, hard, you can yeah. you can look at that, but they've got the specialized equipment. Every now and then I'll hear, um, I'm really into uh, still photography and I'll hear somebody say, it's not the camera, it's the artist. I'm like, well, yeah, to a point. Right. But there's also like, you got to have that crane shot. Otherwise, it's a shaky shot. Yeah. You know, as you're moving it around right. and looking at things. Mm-hmm. So if you were to come out uh, now and you just gave a bunch of advice mm-hmm. to people uh you said new york probably la Mm -hmm. or chicago Mm -hmm. um the that's for if you're just doing television television. and so you think you can do stuff in in columbus say that there's film absolutely absolutely i mean a a good script is a good script and they don't really want to make the 10 to 5 or 1 or 2 or 50 million dollar movie they only want to make the 150 million dollar movie um, so if you're here, make that 10 or 15 movie, you're going to get a lot of attention, you know, or whatever that movie is. I mean, it's a wonderful place. It's a beautiful city. You've got weather, you've got seasons, <laughs> things you don't have in California that you have to fake. You've got weather. You have weather. We like today. Um, yeah. Shoot that story. There's so many stories of, uh, that everyone has, everybody at least has one story, but there's so many stories. I would definitely say shoot your story, but shoot it good and find good actors. That's the key. I mean, you can't take in, I've, one thing I learned in, te- in television, um, you can't take two averages and come out with good. There has to be one good in it. Either the writing's got to be good and the actor's average and it comes out good, or the actor's got to be good. But you can't take a bunch of average. It will only come out as average. Okay. Yeah. Well, Eric Dean Seaton, I want to thank you very much for talking to me today on Craft, and I appreciate your being here, and uh, best of luck with the SoulCon this oh, weekend. thank you. It's so great to be back at Ohio State, so thank you very much. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time... 
be creative. <laughs>